All right, everybody, here we are with the episode of uh, holiday uh, cereal. Uh, yeah, cereal in non episode. It's not episode. No, 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 it is episodic. Sorry, I always forget these, uh, how these words work. Uh, it's our episodically modular uh, non cereal series, uh, Happiest Holiday Shop. And it's a little bit, uh, I guess it's already almost the end of the season because we're just doing three or four episodes here. And this is episode three. I mean, I'm recording episode three. I'm planning on writing and making episode four, but you know, who knows? Uh, but I want to set up the concept for you. It, it all, all revolves around the happiest holiday shop. And it's a little bit like if... Uh, uh, a Hallmark holiday special was done uh, as, uh, by, uh, by Black Mirror, I would say, is like uh, the intersection uh, with a Sleep With Me. So you say, okay, well, that's, but I want it more. And I say, of course, it's it's way more sleepy. So it has a little uh, vanilla, uh, but, it, you know, it has some, uh, you know, elements of Sleep With Me. A little bit goofy, a little bit twisty. In ide- ideally reimagining and uh, something that, you know, feels uh, is, is, is sweet, but not so sweet that it would be the Hallmark uh, holiday special. I guess. I don't know. It, it's just an intersection of my interest, you know, interest and in, uh, curiosity. So I guess, like, if the, you know, if they reinvented, the, I don't think that channel exists anymore. But if they said strange tales from the Hallmark holidays, uh, that would be, that would be it. I guess that, that that's about it. But it's not actually it's more sleepy than, I mean, there's inherent strangeness to sleep with me. Uh, this just uh, I don't know. I guess it was as usual when I set up these series, it always works well. So settle in for a trip uh, to to the holiday season somewhere else, uh, somewhere. Uh, that's nice and familiar, but with elements uh, that, like, ideally you don't you don't hear, but you could enjoy if you're if you're up uh, and you're with me. I'll be here with you to the end, as I always say, weaving and telling this tale as I got to observe it, or actually, as I get to observe the narrator of this tale narrating what the narrator observes, all in a world. Uh, where just down the street is uh, a shop they call. Well, I don't know who. Call, I don't say they call. The, the, actually, the shopkeepers. They uh, do they ever say welcome? I think they do. Welcome to the happiest holiday shop. And that's what I'll say. Welcome to the world. Welcome to the happiest holiday shop. Tonight's story starts with Blake, uh, who's asleep, deeply asleep. Blake is dreaming, but Blake doesn't even know that they're asleep, swimming in warm, embracing, comforting water, surrounded by the water, but breathing naturally, breathing deeply, looking around in a slow, languid way, taking in the world, looking at fish and birds and kelp, coral, in colors, uh, purples and greens, a vibrant and a spectacular array of colors as Blake drifts, soaking in the richness. And as Blake observes, uh, Also feeling observed, feeling the eyes of the fish watching, even the kelp watching, uh, dancing kind of in the water, spinning around, uh, feeling the energy from being observed, and starting to sense that the watching is what Blake is breathing and saying, wait a second, uh, breathing so fully, so naturally, and I'm floating, but I can feel it on my skin, not like air, like water. Is this a dream, Blake wonders? Is this real? But luckily, 
because it's a water, the thoughts kind of drift away. And as it drifts away, like bubbles towards the surface, uh, that captures Blake's attention. And Blake follows the bubbles as they head towards the surface of the water. And as the surface of the water gets close, Blake starts to become mesmerized at the reflection uh, looking back, uh, the sea floor, all of the fish and the plants and the coral life around Blake, floating behind, uh, drifting, but also a reflection from beyond or something, the sky in the clouds also behind, kind of like looking at a reflection in a steel drum or some out-of-focus compound eyes. Blake floats there, looking and, and seeing the clouds pass over starfish and seeing starfish in the blue sky. And then Blake starts to feel other things watching from the other side of the steel drum. And Blake reaches out and realizes that it is, well, it's not a steel drum. It feels like a steel drum. That it feels like the surface isn't penetrable. But Blake's still calm, uh, but curious, pressing against the reflection, wondering how to get through. And then something else catches Blake's attention. Another fish looking. Or a clam, I can't even see the clam's eyes, but I feel like the clam is watching me, touching the surface or wondering about the surface of this water. And then Blake starts to kind of feel like everybody's singing, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. And then, of course, uh, Blake rolls over in something about the surface of the blankets or the sheets that Blake's cheeks touches a cool, cool pillow. If something stir- stirs Blake out of sleep, oh, wait a second, oh, it's asleep. What a dream. This is a dreaming. I was uh, swimming in, in a dream quickly recedes into the background. As Blake gets up and, and gets out of bed, heads to the facilities, many, many, you know, they skip those parts in most tales, and we'll skip it here. The teeth brushing, the sock putting on, the face washing, it all goes down with the sense of a dream just left, a dream of depth, uh, of immersion, but what was it? What was it? Was it was it was a dreaming about anything? Uh, and Blake's thoughts feel drifty. What do I have to do today? And then Blake's thoughts drift to Casey. They've been friends for a long time, Blake and Casey. As Blake's day and morning continues on, I kind of feel you in. So Blake and Casey have been friends for a long time. Now, a few things you might want to know. Maybe they'll make it easier for you to relate. Uh, Blake is a classic beauty, a beautiful person. Uh, by by most definitions, you'd say there's something striking uh, if you saw Blake or you'd remember Blake. There's something light and effortless about Blake's motion through the world, confidence, but then if you sat there and really observed or uh, if you could break through uh, your curiosity or you're swept up uh, in the outside, you'd see, huh, uh, it, it's hard to see, actually. And Blake probably would back me up on this, uh, even though narrators and characters aren't supposed to interact. Uh, I'd posit to say... Blake would say, it's not as easy as it looks, but it, 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 my, my life uh, so far. Yeah, it's had some breaks, and it's had some 
uh, ups and higher ups and maybe some downs and some dull times. And yeah, I get a lot of attention, a lot of positive attention, a lot of encouragement, a lot of support. Things may seem to go my way. Financially, I do a little bit better than getting by. And I do enjoy myself. Uh, but between those words, uh, and maybe this is just my job as the narrator, though the person that makes the podcast is currently telling me it's not my job as a narrator to do this. But if you listen between the words, you'll hear something. A lonely space between the words, between Blake's words, I mean, in particular. Between the flashbulbs of attention, uh, there's a darkness, maybe, is a pushing a metaphor that's applicable here. So that's a little bit about Blake. Uh, Blake's a terribly likable and, and pleasant and, and nice. And, strangely enough, a bit of a loner uh, in midst of all that attention. Never much for, for clicks uh, and things. You might say, well, it seems like uh, Blake would be heading up a click. Uh, not in this case. Uh, and Casey is uh, another bit of a loner. You'd say, not like Blake. Uh, Casey is someone that spends a lot of their time thinking, a lot of their time struggling, a lot of their time on the ups and the downs and the, the predicting, the assessing the past. Uh, Casey's a bit like uh, characters you might know, podcasters you might even know. Casey's got a sense of humor and Casey's got a bit of an edge. But Casey's in someone you'd cast, uh, and it, Casey's a little bit forgettable. We'll, we'll say it because Casey can't hear me right now. And I don't mean that. I just mean it as a factual way. Uh, Casey tries to be a bit blurry, a bit forgettable, because it, 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 while it doesn't always feel good, it makes uh, Casey feel pretty safe. But for some people, there's a magnetic energy there as Casey tries to remain isolated, uh, to remain in a world of dreams, a world of books, a world of imagination, sometimes uh, fantasy and sometimes uh, a more ominous uh, imagination. It can be a magnetic draw sometimes. But magnets also kind of have a repulsion to them. And uh, so Casey's a pretty lonely uh, individual. And uh, Blake and Casey's friendship, strangely enough, came from a love of the Manchichi franchise. In the glory days of Manchichi. And, uh, for, you know, seeing it, even as I, as a narrator, I'm unfamiliar with more or less, except for maybe seeing one perched on the end of a pencil. But the two of them, uh, the two of them were drawn together uh, by, by their love of this and, and going to conventions, uh, at first separately, without being aware of one another. Well, I shouldn't say that Casey was aware of Blake. But Blake... Uh, just like you could imagine, floated through the Manchichi fan community, where Casey lived a Manchichi fan life of quiet, contemplative observation. But away from the conventions, Casey was always hard at work at Manchichi fiction and, uh, you know, erotic fiction sometimes. And it had a humorous uh, angle to it, uh, but it was also, uh, had a, a depth to it, an intensity to it, uh, a warmth to it, a passion to it. And it, it, it was something that uh, Blake started to discover, and not just uh, like, uh, not just the After Dark, Manchichi After Dark, uh, was the only title the podcaster could think of, but 
Uh, there was also other tales and other reinventions of genres in Casey's fan fiction. And sometimes uh, Casey was imagining uh, Blake uh, as they started to discuss these things online. And and Blake kind of started to uh, encourage Casey. At first, for Casey, it was the attention was a little bit confusing because uh, it was a, a traction around interests, uh, and that was all it was for Blake. And at first, uh, something in the attention swelled, and Casey buoyed, uh, and of course, naturally, Casey kind of felt drawn to Blake uh, romantically. But at the time, Blake's attention was elsewhere, moving through uh, uh, living Blake's life. But beyond the attraction was their love of Manchichi and their love of fun and their love of laughing. And so they became friends, and Casey kind of, uh, you know, would, be, would still hold this fantasy and then be disappointed uh, that the two of them remained just friends. And uh, they had spent a long time of their 20s together, but they lived in separate cities, so it was more of a virtual together, uh, together over Manchichi, and then other fun things they found, you know, anything sharing one or another's sensibilities. But meanwhile, their regular lives were pretty different. Uh, Blake's, uh, at least from the outside, was living an awesome life, uh, an amazing life, and Casey would say, my life's a bit forgettable, a bit dull. And, you know, we could get into it. they just say, well, they're both rich uh, in, in, in their shades of living, in their shades of gray. But that was uh, their lives, and that was the overlap. Uh, but there was a sense, at least, uh, and maybe there was too much interference with Blake that... Uh, there's something special about Casey, and maybe that uh, uh, though Blake would probably deny it that uh, there's something about Casey's romantic attention uh, that excited Blake. But Blake was, you know, maybe too young, or maybe a different, younger value system about what Blake wanted. And they made a, a kind of an agreement to one another. They said, "Hey." W- w- what about when we uh, turn 30? What do you think about if we're both still uh, one of those packs, you know, you might have with a friend or uh, a former? Uh, or you see, when, when we get to this point, uh, maybe we could couple up. And uh, it was a strange reaction for Casey uh, at first, it was like, oh, you, wow. But then as uh, time grew on and and Casey kind of uh, got more Casey-like, uh, Casey kind of pushed you, no, you know, a life with Blake isn't an option for me. Anyway, that's where our tale, hopefully I gave you enough information there. Because Blake's almost to Casey's house now. And Blake uh, has uh, been thinking a lot about things. Uh, because the big 3-0 is uh, right around the corner. The New Year's Eve, I think they said. I apologize as an narrator. I'm a bit behind uh, uh, after we both turned to 3-0. Maybe we'd head to Vegas. And, and Blake, Blake's... Uh, acutely aware of it and as blake's uh been processing things uh thinking casey's pretty great and what is behind all that writing i've only thought about it one or two times in stolen thoughts uh what uh if uh, casey has that same softness uh but uh behind that warmth uh when writing about Manchichis, where does that come from? What's uh, flowing out of that wellspring? And uh, but Blake at first was like, no, 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 no. But getting more and more adjusted to the thought, and 
You know, none of us get back to actually blame Blake for when you say, well, uh, kind of making some big, pretty big assumptions that uh, Casey should, well, maybe we, oh, yeah, Blake said, hey, Case, what's up? Uh, not, you know, just, just, uh, you're getting some stuff done. Uh, uh, we haven't, we gotten a chance to work on that, uh, the super manchichi thing, but, but, uh, I know I just said I'd show it to you. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was just trying to make my New Year's plans. I wanted to see. I mean, I know we're going to hang on, uh, like, uh, Christmas Eve for a little bit uh, before I go over to my mom's house. But um, I don't know. I was thinking about New Year's Eve, you know. Um, yeah, well, uh I believe it or not, I got. I actually already have New Year's Eve plans. I know I normally just take a bath on New Year's Eve, and uh, you laugh about it, and then we call each other at nine, and I say, "No, I'm really in the bathtub," and you're always at a party. <laughs> you're not. You, I know. You, I, that's what I love about you. Like, uh, that it takes so much courage to just be in a bathtub on New Year's Eve at nine o'clock. Yep, courage is. Yeah, usually I'm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this New Year's I, I kind of have uh, something going on. Well, uh, we we, we like because I thought like I was thinking. I've just been thinking a lot about New Year's, you know, like in our you know our friendship things we've talked about, uh, our futures, uh, you know, New Year's Eve stuff. Well, um, I don't know if you remember Blair. Like Blair and I were, were kind of uh, together, then not together. Oh, yeah, Blair, right. I always get that mixed up with me, like Blake and Blair. It's, don't you think that's kind of like a little bit, uh, um, and, well, uh, Blair's like uh, a company sold uh, the, the collectible site Blair started. So, um, we're going to, like, we're, I mean, like, uh, it's great to be in town and be in the same town as you, uh, but we're going to move. Uh, wait, okay, well, I mean, we've always kept our friendship. I mean, I'm, uh, what, like, move move permanently? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, for the two of us. But you can't, you always said you couldn't, uh you didn't want to live with anybody. You wanted. You always wanted to live on your own. Well, you know, it's like uh, we're getting to this point, and uh, I got to make a decision. And uh, Blair's, uh, you know, it's like uh, relationships. Uh, oh, uh, were you going to say it's okay? Uh, with yeah, it's pretty. It's okay, and. The like money the site sold for, it's not like FU money, but it is like, uh, let's kind of move around money and maybe we could like, uh, work in cafes, uh, maybe, uh, like if I could like get start selling some of this, uh, spec stuff, it wouldn't be spec, but it would be like, uh, Equivalent of like ten bucks an hour, and then like uh, with uh, things. Uh, well, that sounds like a kind of like more than just moving with somebody. That sounds like a kind of partnership. Yeah, yeah, we're we're like we're, we're getting we're getting together. We're partnering, officially partnering. Like like uh, in a ceremony and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once like. Uh, like yeah, New Year's that we're gonna uh, do it and then head head out. Oh, uh, do you are you like in love with uh, Blair? I mean, that's complicated. I mean, we get along and we like each other, and it just is sensible. Like, what else am I gonna do? Uh, stay in the bathtub every New Year's. I mean, that's cool. But I don't know. I've just been thinking a lot about it. And, you know, it's like uh, where we're at. Uh, I mean, for you, it's easy. For me, it's not. How, how's that sound? Wow. That's, uh, uh, it's like you're using your relationship like some sort of utility or something. 
I mean, yeah, it's a, it's like a, 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 a source of stability. That's going to be my relationship, I guess. Uh, I thought you were my friend. Like I could talk to you openly and be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I mean, life's not, this is like the gray that we live in. Uh, uh, you know, there's uh, Casey's and Blair's and then there's Blake's and not everybody gets to be a Blake. Oh, whew. you know, believe it or not, the reason I came over here was because I was thinking about, uh, our New Year's, uh, our New Year's agreement. Um, wait, what do you mean? Like our New Year's agreement to one another, but I guess you've already have an agreement. You mean like us two? together yeah that's what i meant uh, never you know what forget the whole thing like okay here's one question for you is that how my is it am i like a utility for you too like i get to encourage you and your writing and we get to laugh and like uh is that like how compartmentalized things are like i'm just your Oh, there's the my easy friend that just strolls through life. Uh, you know, I get I gotta go. No, you know what? Never mind. I, like, uh, congratulations. If you want to invite me, I, I, well, let's just talk about it later. I gotta go. And so Blake walked out of Casey's house. Now, that was a, that was a little bit of a ride, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary. But uh, it's gonna be okay. Blake's. Uh, tough and one thing we didn't mention about Casey beyond the Manchichi and something Blake never really took an interest in just an observation is that outside of Casey's house on the holiday season Casey puts up a tent and inside that tent Casey puts a big wooden desk a giant wooden platform you'd even call it on that platform is not just a train set, but a a village of collectible uh, holiday houses. But not just one style. There's some Victorian, and there's some from theme parks, and there's some Casey got at uh, garage sales or estate sales, some from airplane magazines, and uh, some, you know, after the holiday sales, the ones that had to be chipped and repaired and repainted. So a mishmash of holiday kind of sweetness, uh, but at a distance. And for the first time, Blake stops and really looks at it. It was always just one of Casey's uh, things uh, to Blake. Uh, not a... Uh, you know, is appealing. The holidays were kind of just a time of events. And this was one of the events, Casey's uh, turning the power on the holiday display. And uh, now it's time to soak it in uh, how different it is, but how there's uh, some little parts of the town that are themed in a hill and everything. There's like a, one of the ones has uh, a continuous motion of uh, by magnets or something, uh, kids sliding down a hill. There's a Ferris wheel and there's a carousel. There's a, a bunch of Dickensian houses. Uh, there's even a, a den of a Fagin. When you look in the windows in some of them, there's characters in some of them. Casey's redone it uh and put Annie inside of, uh, uh, with uh, Oliver sitting on a bed uh, talking. Uh, there's a bunch of details, but it kind of none of it comes together, uh, like a patchwork of patches. And you say, would you iron, you ironed that one on and sewed that one on? Interesting. But all on a hill, slowly going down, uh, to a tree, and then even a river flowing over the edge of, I guess, this town's existence, a fake river made from some sort of acrylic or something, that when the lights hit it, it almost looks like it's flowing. And Blake soaks it in and looks uh, 
sighs and uh, feels a deeper magnetic pull. Like, uh, but there's also something about it that uh, kind of sets a boundary too. It makes Casey more attractive, but even more distant. Uh, uh, there's something also cool about it, even though. There's even incandescent lights in some of the houses. But Blake uh, is a person uh, with uh, some hidden depth uh, and uh, an ability to just look at this display and feel these feelings and nod and make a decision. Uh, Also to feel some pride that Casey made this... uh, but also to feel the sting of, of, is this a a friendship as utility or love as utility? And Blake heads off uh, towards uh, the town square for a walk. And as they go by the shops and the movie theater, Blake sees an awning. Blake hears uh, whirring and the, uh, mechanical sounds of music making machines, uh, the clink of reindeer bells as a family exits the shop, and the awning reads the happiest holiday shop. And Blake goes in and, and starts looking around. And this time, the two shopkeepers are quiet. They're watching Blake, and Blake's uh, feeling their eyes in a non obtrusive way. Uh, because Blake's not even sure, what am I here for? And they must know it too, fumbling around. And then starting to look, is there a house that Casey doesn't have? Is there something that would fit this mismatched display? And uh, Blake's more engaged uh, than the, one of the shopkeepers. Uh, she looks, uh, excuse me, looks like you're... Uh, a little bit, uh, you, you looks like you kind of know what you're looking for, but I don't know if you mind me saying it. Is everything okay? Uh, uh no, I mean, not great. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm just looking for something for someone and not, you know, I'm not feeling, yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious, huh? Yeah, but I was going to say welcome to the happiest holiday shop, but it just didn't seem fitting. I didn't, you know, uh, but yeah, it looks like, how can we help you today? <sighs> well, how about some peppermint tea? Why don't you take a, a seat here? And and we're just, we just have a, a pot at the perfect drinkable temperature right now. Why don't you have a, a sip of tea with us? Okay, that would be, be, be nice. Thanks. Yeah, th- this tea's nice. Like, uh... It seems like, I don't, hope you don't mind me saying this because I don't mean it as a value judgment, but it seems like you're feeling a little bit empty or something. Is that anything? Yeah, you know, I, I just don't, I don't really want to talk about it too much. I'm just here looking for something for a friend and, uh, you know, it was, I guess I want to do something special. Is it uh, someone, like, uh, do, do you want something, a gift that says something or that uh, translates or something special? What do you mean? I don't know. I guess, like, something maybe to remember me by. I, I don't know. Does it, like, uh, but not to be showy. Ah, okay. So they're going, you're, you're going, they're going away. Yeah, they're moving, they're moving away. <laughs> Okay, okay, let's, uh, so something to remember you by, but something not showy. And we, I noticed you were kind of looking at some of the uh, different houses we have, and, you know, there's all these different styles of displays and cultural displays or nostalgic displays. Uh, is there something about that that caught your eye? Yeah, there was. Like, uh, Casey, that's who it's for, is, uh, has one of those displays, and it's actually just like just about every of those things put together. Every cultural thing and every nostalgic thing all mashed up into one village. <laughs> well, you, you wouldn't believe this. We've been running this shop for a long time, 
and uh, we we've seen we've seen that type of uh, it's more popular than you might believe. Really, what do you call it? Well, we call it dad jeans, but that's just kind of an inside joke between the two of us. It doesn't really mean. Oh no, I totally get it. I totally get it. Like a big, it's like a big jumble. Like yeah, no, I get it. Okay, so you're looking for something unique, something one of a kind, uh, something maybe that reflects you a little bit, right? I mean, a bit. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But you, you seem less jumbled and more sleek, or maybe not sleek. What's the word? But refined or elegant. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, for sure. But being refined and elegant that has a cost to it too. Um. I mean, do you mean expensive or, well, I, I was thinking more of like, uh, that it can be lonely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But you have this like kind of warmth, uh, you, you radiate this warmth, uh, but maybe it comes out of that lonely spot, huh? Yeah. I thought I was here for a gift, but I, I didn't realize, is this going to be a 50 minute session and, and, uh, do you do sliding scale? Oh no 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 we don't we don't do sliding scale no 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 oh, okay I'll have to call my insurance company then no 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 this is all uh, uh, the gifts cost money the discussion is free we're, we're just let's just let's switch back to this Casey character is Casey kind of a little bit of uh, like uh, a little bit different than that huh. Like underneath all of the display is uh, something uh, cold that radiates warmth or something or absorbs warmth. or I, I, I don't quite know how to put it, even though I don't know, Casey. Yeah, something like that, I guess. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, absorbs warmth might be the thing that... Uh, yeah, but I just... Okay, well, let's just take a look. at we, We've got something over here that might connect your interests. And this is something, a very, very unique piece that no one ever notices. Uh, it, totally forgettable here in our shop. And normally, uh, you might look at a shop like ours and think we scorn technology. Uh, but you, you're going to be very, very impressed. I think this is what you're looking for. It's right over here. On the edge of this, uh, just this tabletop display. It's very, very special, but I don't even know. It would take a special. It, it, it's is it the, that mirror? It's a miniature mirror. Is that real? Oh, I, I, we, we we could tell you're you're very good at uh, observing these things. Yes, it is the mirror there. It's a miniature mirror, just the same scale as most of these holiday towns. And it's just like a, a stand-up antique mirror. It's 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 very cute. Uh, okay, we'll get down there and take a look at that mirror. It, it's really reflecting that child looking in it, and, and it almost has that patina of uh, antiqueness to it. Okay, and keep looking. At, uh, oh, yeah, I can see the other things in the town. Uh, reflecting, so it's a real mirror. Okay, keep keep looking at the mirror. Keep looking. Get really, really. Uh, you got. Wait a second. Is that the other person that works in the shop? Uh, in the mirror or inside the mirror? It's like your partner's in there. Is it? Wow. That's how are you doing that? Oh, geez, uh, you're very, well, yeah, come on back. Let's just show you the back of the shop uh, because this is a two-part thing. There's the miniature mirror, and then back here, oh, my goodness. It's a life-size version of that mirror, and it's absolutely striking. Yes, it's uh, it's kind of a two-way, and, and I can kind of explain. Oh, this is, the, the, the frame of it is, it's is this gilded? It's is that like a hand painted? Yes, it's uh, ornate. Oh yeah, like the uh, way it's uh, 
this is a little store even in here. I, 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 okay, I'll take it. Like, uh, is it actually antique or... We, well, we could explain to you kind of how this side works. No, 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 I'll take it. I, I don't even need... This is a beautiful mirror. It could be a gift to myself even. And then the, the mirror at Casey's... Uh, Casey might not even notice. Well, don't you want us to tell you? No, no, I'd, I, I think I'll be surprised. Uh, there's no, no, no tricks to this mirror, right? I'll be able to figure it out. It's intuitive. Actually, it is. Okay, let's, uh, why don't you, uh, okay, thank you so much. Thank you. And so uh, Blake uh, got the mirrors, uh, the one tiny, tiny mirror. In the one life size, you know, folded down. The, you know, this is the stuff just like in the morning that doesn't get told. The folding down of the back seats, the carrying of the mirror, the paying and the costs. And then Blake drove, drove over to Casey's house and took the small mirror and placed it. First, just watched the display. Night still hadn't fallen, but it was close to dusk. Uh, and tried to find a spot and then decided right at the waterfall at the edge of the world to place a mirror there. And then found a character that looked a little bit like uh, Belle in the few scenes from Beauty and the Beast, uh, either version where it, Belle is in winter garb. And put Belle looking into the mirror off off axis uh, so that mostly what the mirror was facing was the entire display. And uh, Blake moved a couple other characters uh, so they could kind of be like looking at the mirror uh, instead of looking at the holiday tree or the other holiday displays. And then Blake headed home, uh, didn't alert Casey, uh, didn't say anything at all. And then Blake got home and set the mirror up, looked for a place to plug it in, and then said, oh, this probably like works in some sort of solar power. They said it was very high technology. The mirror was heavy, but Blake was strong. Blake set it up uh, and then sat at the edge uh, of the bed and looked in it and studied it. Uh, looked around the bedroom uh, looked uh, in the mirror. Uh, you know, did the old eye contact with yourself kind of thing, and then started to notice the little dots. You know, mostly towards the top part of the mirror, with these more antique mirrors. Uh, you see, what is that? Like quicksilver. And then started to think of it as snow, and then started to think of it as lights, and then followed it down. And then they started to see Casey's display in the mirror. Now, it wasn't in real time, but it it was in some sort of real dream time. Part of Blake's mind was trying to analyze, like, uh, you know, what video codecs and how did they get my Wi-Fi? But really, uh, watching the display through this, it almost looked real. And uh, real enough to stand up and walk closer to the mirror to really look in and see the Ferris wheel moving. Then off uh, on the other side of the hill, the carousel. Then the children sledding. Uh, and uh, then uh, hearing them laughing. And then suddenly Blake was uh, looking around, uh, really there. In the town, a bustle of a strange, strange activity for just like the real display. This world was every genre and period piece at once. People bustling like a, a strange time travel mashup movie. Dickensian characters rushing to a 1950s five and dime. And, uh, you know, just all sorts of... A strange, strange world, but uh, totally mesmerizing. Uh, cars moving, horses and carriages. 
you know, old lamps and spotlights and holiday, you know, carolers, a whole nine yards. And uh, Lake started to explore the town more. And then started to notice that people would come up and look uh, right into Blake's eyes. And then they would say something, uh, but it was never, it was always uh, disjointed and disconnected. Uh, the first few times it felt like it was directed at Blake, but it quickly it seemed like, well, you're never going to make him happy, was the first thing a mother kind of seemed with her arms full of packages. Uh, yeah, but then it was just someone that said, that banker's never going to prove it. Uh, then it was Oliver and Annie holding hands, uh, uh, talking about it, and... Uh, became more confusing to Blake. Uh, everyone uh, looking, uh, but talking about something unrelated to who Blake was. And uh, even though this was a strange dreamlike thing, it made Blake feel a little lonely, wanting to connect uh, to other people in this amazingly strange world. Uh, and maybe there was a level of uh, hyper-feeling in there because of uh, magic. I don't know. But uh, Blake started to kind of wander around town, wondering, each encounter becoming a little bit more confusing and, and, and draining. And uh, so Blake walked around and then uh, went into the five and dime and headed over, because so many people had talked about appearance, uh, and that was something that always uh, had such a role in Blake's life. Uh, Blake said, well, what am I, what, what, am I just don't belong in this world, maybe? And uh, finally Blake got to a mirror in the five and dime in the clothing section. He saw another mirror looking back, uh, a mirror reflecting a mirror reflecting a mirror, and uh, Blake was uh, at first like, what, you know, what in the heck is going on? But with stronger language, but then Blake started to feel really cold uh, on more than one level and ran out of the five and dime, ran out of the town and headed into the hills, uh, maybe a part of the hill that wasn't in the original display, uh, Cold Hill. And Blake uh, kept feeling colder and colder. And uh, Blake noticed that the sun was out. It turned to the sun and uh, it was still cold. And something in Blake's intelligence said, if I don't get warm, I'm going to be stuck as a mirror in this uh, strange place. Uh, but I must be reflecting the sun, so i got to find another way to do this. Uh, and then Blake ran back to the five and dime, ripped to the mirror, other mirror, which must have been strange even in a uh, strange fantasy world, seeing a mirror rip a mirror off a wall. And uh, headed back to the town square. And Blake set the other mirror up, uh, reflecting the sun back at Blake, and that didn't work. Blake was still cold. And uh, could hear the chattering of people following after... Uh, a mirror taking a mirror without permission from a five and dime. And of course, there's other genres of people watching. Maybe even Marty McFly was shooting through this universe uh, to get to Doc Brown. Who knows? Yeah, but Blake kept it trying and, and trying and then angling in the mirror. And then, uh, and then Blake uh, kind of heard these, all these different mismashes of, uh, holiday tunes, uh, and of all of the sounds that rang out was a song, a sound of a steel drum, probably playing with like a dulcimer and a harpsichord, but, uh, this, you know, these undeniable sounds, uh, and Blake ran over and grabbed the steel drum of all things, which created a bit more of a hubbub and angled the mirror, uh, reflected the sun into another mirror angled into the steel drum, uh, just, uh, facing. So kind of a three, you know, sun into Blake, uh, reflected off of Blake into the other mirror, reflected into the steel drum. 
which was also placed on top of a rock, which I don't know if this had to do with it because I am only a narrator. But then things started to warm up. Uh, Was it the broken reflections of the steel drum? Or was the steel drum heating the rock, which was radiating the heat? The rock that was still cold on the inside? I don't know. But eventually Blake uh, warmed up and uh, Blake uh, uh, set the mirror from the Woolworths in the same spot uh, that the miniature mirror from the town was set up in. And uh, things started to drift. uh, And uh, then Blake uh, woke up uh, at the foot of Blake's bed in Blake's room and the mirror was there. And looking in the mirror, you could see Casey's eye, the the display, like maybe a live version. Casey looking at the display and looking at the mirror and the satisfaction of Casey seeing the mirror and seeing the town behind it uh, reflected back and even the bell and Casey was touching the bell and moving it a little bit. And then Casey uh, pulled out a manchichi and uh, intertwined the manchichi's hand with bells uh, and uh, set them both kind of looking off at the mirror so they could see the reflection of the village. And Blake was still kind of staring in the mirror, smiling. Uh, and something about the, the, the thing had mesmerized Casey. Casey was the one looking in the mirror. And Blake was watching everything, too, and seeing Belle and Manchichi holding hands. And then Blake's phone buzzed, uh, and it was a text from Casey. Thanks for the mirror. Uh, Good night. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for enjoying this uh, holiday tale from the happiest holiday shop, uh, Uh, Good night and happy holidays to you.